Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to another episode of my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and joining me right now is Heather McDonald. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, how are you? I am so happy to have you back on the podcast, Queen. Thank you for joining me. Yes, I'm excited to speak to you. All the way from California. Don't we live in a weird fucking world? Yes, and it gets weirder. And I always feel like there's times that you're just out and it reminds me of like the opening scene of a sci-fi movie. You know when you ever see like a sci-fi movie about the future and there's just little clues of like what the fuck happened here, you know? And that's what <laughs> the way I feel like with the masks and the signs and stuff. You're just like, this is so weird. Like, did you hear about this one guy? He like, what a weirdo. But he went off by himself to like meditate at like some cabin <laughs> like, for fo- <laughs> like for four months. And he's just like a hot, cute guy. And then came back and literally like walked in and was like, why came home and was like, what is going on? Why is everyone wearing masks? Why is everything closed oh, down? Oh, I heard about him. He was so Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the world we live in now. I know the last yeah. time I saw you, I feel like I was probably in your studio oh, to yeah. be a guest on Juicy Scoop. And now yes. here we are, like, just living through our screens. Sorry, my mom was calling me. She's calling me nonstop today. I'm going to kill her. <laughs> I mean, working from home is, it's 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 the best and the worst, actually. Yes, it well, is. Well, anyway, regardless of how I'm seeing you, I'm happy I'm seeing you. You have a lot going on I'm excited to talk about. Also, girl, I have not done a deep dive into Bravo in a very long time. I've been severely behind on my Rahoni, on my Beverly Hills Housewives, on all of the kitten caboodle, and I literally just recently caught up so i am like fresh as a fucking daisy on the stuff and i need somebody to just completely break this shit down with so I mean, yes who just else go, go away ask any question you want also you are here today because you have a new special coming up it's going to be on amazon prime it's coming out august 7th and um you guys you can rent it or purchase it and actually if you are a patreon member for um, heather's podcast uh then you can actually get it for like along with your patreon correct yes exactly so i will you know so if you you know if you haven't joined yet or you're aware of my podcast and you've thought, you know, you, I'd say join Patreon. You get all the back episodes, as you know. Um, if not, 
Check it out on the Amazon Prime or tell your friends. I'm excited, especially since you can't see stand-up anywhere. I think the specials are a really nice treat. And yeah. uh, I love the stories. I love the way it was shot. It was, you know, fun when I watch it back. It's like I'm really proud of it. So you can watch it with your mom. You can watch it with your husband. I mean, it is dirty. It's not like family friendly, but I'm saying it's not the just don't worry. Like, I don't care how like conservative or whatever your husband is. He will like me. It is not. <laughs> it is a safe place for straight white males to enjoy comedy along with everybody else. But sometimes women think, oh, my husband won't like it. Uh, trust me. I, you know, I'm married to um, a husband. It's I have boys. It's just it's good for everybody. But I kind of say that because I think as a female comic, um, some of the bigger female comics, like more popular than I am, they're, you know, they're male bashers a little bit. Yes. And I just yes. want them to know, like, you're, I'm. that is not what my comedy is about. It's just very relatable, self-deprecating, very relationship uh, oriented type of material um, that's dirty, but nothing gross, you know, um, and nothing offensive, nothing, of... nothing political, nothing offensive, nothing political. So there you go. Safe for families and relationships. Safe for like R-rated families. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I want to talk about this idea of man bashing because I have to say that being in a gay relationship, being in a same-sex relationship as a woman, has made me like men more than I ever <laughs> did before. Isn't that crazy? I literally, you know what it is? So I was brought up like very traditionally, and I know that you, you and I have discussed yeah. this. I, I feel like we grew up in very similar backgrounds, and so like I was, I wasn't brought up to go to college to get an MRS, but like I wasn't necessarily encouraged to be like at, sitting at like a, in a C-suite, you know? Yeah, My yeah. My mom wasn't like, "You're going to be a CEO someday." She's like, "You go to college, you get an education, you'll wear those like you know scrunchy socks with sneakers in New York City, you'll work in advertising, you'll meet a man, and then you'll be a stay-at-home mom." That was like, it wasn't even discussed. It was just kind of like what I just envisioned my life to be. Also, that and- sounds like wait. Also, that sounds like every movie plot. From the 2000s that you'll be subjected to watching once the dry bars open up again. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking shit. So, um, you know, I just like, I just always looked at men as like the breadwinners. Okay. I think that's a a simple takeaway. And then when I got into a same-sex relationship and I was five years her senior and I was the more established one in my career, I was like, oh my God, fuck, wait a second. Did I just step in? breadwinner like I became the breadwinner and it gave me a whole newfound respect for men I mean I feel like like my little brother was raised like you will get a great job you will support a family someday like that's the expectation since birth or at least it was in my house and so yeah I love to hear that you're like I'm not bashing guys because I feel like especially in comedy with females it's there's a lot of guy we take a lot of a, a lot of shits on the guys, and I feel like you know, at the end of the day, like w- w- I, I'm not a man hater. I, li- I I like guys. Like I feel bad for. Yeah, them I guys, mean, you know? I mean, I've said this, and some people don't get that I'm clearly joking. But I mean, joking, and yes, it's sort of true. Where I'm like, I have these two boys; they're 17 and 14, my sons. Um, you know, from very early on, they showed a lot of straight tendencies. So I would have liked one of them to be gay. It doesn't appear to be going in that path. But as a Christian, I'm going to accept them as a Christian, okay? Because they're my children and whatever. (laughs) I don't think it's the easier life path. But if that's the path they want to take, I have to support it, okay? So during this time, I was just kind of like, 
you know, they know what it is to be a straight white male. Like, you know, they see it all. And it's kind of funny because now with my 17-year-old, he really likes golfing. So he's always played with older men, like my husband's friends or he'll, you know, was play. and one day he's just like, oh, my God, Mom, this guy joined our group and he was like such a douche. And talking. he's like, you know, just your typical white straight male douchebag and I go oh the like the kind of guy that ruined it for your generation he's like yes and I was like well I'm glad you like recognize it you know like I I get it but it's like it's kind of funny because I'm like look you're you know this is the first time in history where your things might be leveling the playing field a tad bit you'll be you'll still be fine but you know so I think it's kind of like appreciating the fact that like they they've had it they've had a bit of an adjustment too so uh, so like you know be be nice to to that that type that kind if yeah. you find Every, one if they're nice cuts reckon, hurt too yes yeah right yes <laughs> if you find if you find one that's nice just know they're not all bad like come on enough already like you know they're, they're like it's a bit much I recently had like a heart to heart with my dad because I went to stay for the weekend and because pandemic, we stayed for three weeks. So mm. I was like basically climbing back into my mother's womb. But my dad and I had this like heart to heart and I was like, dad, I get you. And I was like, I already hate my kids. Like they're <laughs> going to steal my girlfriend from me. They're going to take her boobs away from me. They're going to sleep in between us. And they're going to steal all my money. I'm like, they're assholes. And I'm so sorry I did that to you. And he was like, Thank you so much for apologizing. I've been waiting your whole life to hear you finally come to terms with that's this. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's a gr- that's a great analogy. I love it. Yeah. But we really do. Like, kids really come in between. Like, guess what kids are? They're girlfriend stealers. And I feel really bad for guys for that. Yes, it's <laughs> and then, true. by the time they leave the house, their girlfriend doesn't even like them that much anymore. It's really tragic. Right. I know. <laughs> it's, just a, it's a hard thing. And, and then also, as a parent, you just never stop worrying. So... That never Wait, goes can, away there. explain that to me? Because my mom, like, my mom's favorite thing to do, especially after I got divorced and became lesbo, she was yes. like, I'm so worried about you. And I was like, I hate when you say that because it makes me feel like you don't think I'm functioning as an adult. Like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, if I was doing something right, you wouldn't worry. And she's like, no, a mother always worries. And I was like, well, that sounds exhausting. It really is. And I was thinking about it just driving to the office today. Like, my friends that have not had children and that won't at this point in their life. Um, God, what a gift. What a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, just the added stress and anxiety, of course, the joy, the love, the everything. But there's always this looming thing that your world could end in a a heartbeat if something awful happens to them. That's the really tragic. But then there's just the daily awful. That could happen. Your kid not being invited to a party, bullying, breaking an arm at a game. Like, uh, who knows? You know, right. it just – it's so, and it never stops. I mean, I think it, it definitely gets less because my stepdaughter doesn't live at the house. And at one point, she was going to come home for the summer and a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and I made out this little contract, you know, like of like, well, if you're here for the summer, you know, you got to get out of bed. You got to do this. You got to, you know – and then she's like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I go, oh, you're not going to come up. I go, was it the contract? She goes, yeah. And I go, what part of the contract turned you off? She goes, the contract. <laughs> 
And I was like, well, you know, but I kind of what I had heard, though, from a lot of parents who have college kids who have then come back, which now is everybody with a pandemic, right. is like you when they're like 16, 17 and they have driver's license, they're out. You worry about them. Then they go to college and you're worried about them, but not every night. Because right. you're not waiting for the door to open. So you're like, yeah, you you get worried watching some horrible dateline about some something that happens to a girl in a dorm room. But it's not a constant. So it's like, it's kind of nice not to have her come back because I'm like, of course, I'm always scared that something horrible is going to happen to her. But it's not that like everyday fear that you get yeah, when they're brother, living with you. He- he just went off to medical school and I'm like, oh, wow. no, leave the nest. And my mom was saying, like, even having him live at home, even though he's a graduate from college, he's going yes. to he's an adult. But she's like, when he goes out with his friends, I'd rather he just stay at their house because I get worried, you know? It's like, I, yeah, so that's that. It's that. Maybe it's like, it's just when you know you're responsible for them. I love how I'm talking about them like they're kids. Like, we're all adults here, like, playing kids all over again. But when you're responsible for them, like, physically under your roof. So all I have to do is just send my kids to boarding school is what you're telling me. That's the way that I can, like, alleviate the worry. Well, I think I – okay, I – you know, Paris Hilton has a new documentary coming out. Stop and it. She's, Yes, and she's talking about how something really traumatic happened to her as a kid. And I, I didn't – I don't know what it is. I hope it's – it's you know. I hope it's not anything like you know abuse or anything. I also hope it's not that she had a zitty chin and someone made fun of her. Like I hope it's like something that we can sink our teeth in, but nothing too bad. But right. I've some people. There's rumors that it was that she was had was a troubled teen, and her parents sent her not to like a educational boarding school, but kind of like a kick you in the ass kind of like tough love boarding school, which a yeah. lot of or one of those. I forgot the names of it, but I, I had some people's family members that went a few years ago. Like people, kids around 35, anyone under 35, I think they're gone. But they were yeah. like around and they, I remember like watching like a dateline on them. And they're like bad. Like they're like, kids like are hungry. Like they're really mean. They like making them on hikes. I don't know. But I think something, I think that was like a horrible experience that might have happened to her. So yeah, I don't know about sending your kid off either. That could be another bad thing. Then well, you then you create Paris Hilton, who's like super successful, but now she's like pushing forty, and Kathy Hilton has to relive like her worst, you know, parenting decision. But she thought she was doing the right thing. Everybody right. was like, oh, "Be God. tough," you know. Here she'd be like, "Don't be such a, you know, you're raising a ritzy princess who's whatever struggling. Do this, and now this is going to be the thing that like comes back to haunt her as a mother." God, I mean, I don't have a choice. No matter, my girlfriend is like, she will be so unhappy without children. So we're having kids no matter what. Like that's mm-hmm. just like a given. I I always say this because because people say to me. Well, like, if you don't want kids, then maybe you guys should break up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't love not having – I love my Taylor more than I love not having kids. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. But I'm also very concerned, Heather. I really am. I think I'm going to be a little bit like Mommy Dearest vibes. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. I'm just going to be the dad. I'm going to be, like, there 20% of the time, and I'm just going to – Pay the bills and hate my kids for stealing my girlfriend. And have you guys made a, a birth plan or like who's caring and all that? Oh, girl, she is five years younger than me. So I'm just like really, I you know, I, I tend to be very lazy, Heather. Like I'm not yeah. great at paying my taxes on time. I'm always the person that has to pay extra money with an extension. Like I just, I don't do well with like clerical things in life. And I'm going to yes. put, 
I'm going to put like freezing my eggs into that category because it involves okay. paperwork and doctor's visits. So I'm like, who needs another Taylor Strecker? You know, I think I'm enough for the world. So I think <laughs> we're just going to let Taylor Donahue take that one. And she's awesome. She's tall like you and she has like a thin body like you. Like I already look <laughs> like I have a post-pregnancy body. So I'm still trying to work off this baby weight. I can't be adding real baby weight onto it. So I think I think she was like she's a specimen she was birthed to carry children like i bet you had what like basketballs when you were carrying yes i it is when you are taller i think it is an e- at least for me it was easier because i literally just think they have like more room to like stretch yeah so exactly. like yeah and it's not like right on you know i think everybody's body's different but i think sometimes we're people that are like have are shorter it's like more pressure on like their other organs and stuff uh, no, yeah, I well, didn't you're... even. I, when I was pregnant, I remember I said, oh, I'm doing like two weeks at the Lamas place. And they're like, you are? And because <laughs> I didn't show that much. And they're like, and it's a boy. Like as if like every like boy should be like gigantically bigger than a girl. I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, I mean, yeah. So it was it's but I had easy pregnancy. So I hope for her to have the same. Yeah, she definitely will. Well, if you're if you have skinny legs in my book, your life is easy. So that, that's <laughs> literally in my world, skinny legs solve all problems. Like you are perfect if you have skinny legs. You can attest to that, right? Um, I like my my skinny. Sometimes they look a little <laughs> too skinny, but I mean, you know, they, no they are thing. what they are. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> such thing. Okay, so um. Heather, going back to your um, your special, you guys, it comes out. It's called Juicy Scoop, just like Heather's podcast. It comes out uh, on Amazon Prime August 7th. You can rent it. You can purchase it. And if you're actually a Patreon member of Heather's podcast, Juicy Scoop, you actually will just get it for free. Yes? Yes, part of the package. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. cool. So but you want to talk so, about Bravo? Let me ask me the questions. Oh, we're talking about Bravo, but real quick, I want to know. Yes. I want to know about the special. Like, so how did it come to fruition? Also, like the timing couldn't be better. I I want to get into the 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 industry side of that because these are not easy times. I mean, podcasting. It's alive and well. Radio, my radio show is still, you know, it, it, it still exists. People still, like, need some level of distraction from their day-to-day lives, even though they're not commuting. But when it comes to live shows, as you and I both very well know, it this is a really hard time for that portion of the industry. Right. So um, I actually taped it um, almost a year ago. So in front of a live audience at the Irvine Improv, which is one of my favorite clubs it's like a 400 350 400 person club so you have the audience but it's not one of these big specials where there's like helicopters coming down and the <laughs> guys like dropping the mic and it's like Wah! like you know I'm like okay I'm a, a stand up like let's fucking take it down a notch so it's just <laughs> it's like intimate and fun and um and we actually produced it ourselves and you know which was a really big job and a lot of yeah. stress and I was really happy with the, you know, production company that we chose. And then um, and then we were in the process after the first of the year. Of course, nothing happens in December. And after the first of the year of, like, you know, seeing what network or streaming service would want it. And with the pandemic and everything else. And then, you know, um, it turned out this. we decided this was the best way. I just want to put it out there. Um, it's timely stuff. So it's like, you don't want to like hold on to it much longer. I want to share it. I want to be able to share it on social media, you know, little bits of it to get people like to smile. And, and then hopefully, you know, when things are safe again to go back out and do stand up, then 
This will be, you know, there'll be all new material, obviously, that I won't be doing this stuff when you see me live again. So, yeah, I mean, I think and I I don't know what they're going to do because it's like there were probably a lot of standups that were scheduling their big live experience. And even if you were able to, like, get out there and do it and, I don't know, put people every other seat with a mask on in the audience, the way you really get a great special is you hardcore do it for, like, at least, like, six weeks in a row, you know, of a ton of shows, building up to it so that you're smooth, you're comfortable with material, and then you come out and you have that killer show in the city that, like, is really going to have a boner for you. And so (laughs) I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, Dave Chappelle did that thing, like, in the park, and Dave Chappelle's like not a normal standup. I mean, he's like, you know, an incredible genius type of person. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, people are doing standup like in movie theaters or not movie theaters, uh, drive-in movies. They're doing like the Zoom stuff. I mean, for me, I'm just waiting till it's the way I want it, where people are sitting in an audience and, you know, because I I can hold out. I can wait until it's right because of the, my podcast, Juicy Scoop, I feel very, like, creatively satisfied during this time. Totally. So totally. even though stand-up is, like, my first love and it was, you know, half my income, half my half my career, you know, I'll just – I'll wait until it's – you know, until we can – can do it so hopefully hopefully soon i mean i have dates in the in the fall october november and i'm hopeful and if not then it'll be the next year so we'll see yeah i agree with that i mean it's just it is i know people have been doing it on zoom and like bless them but i i mean it is really hard (laughs) to deliver i mean it's hard to have a a conversation with my parents over zoom so i can't imagine doing like an entire set on zoom um when it comes to the special can you give us a little taste or a little teaser of the type of material that you're going to be covering you said it was timely I mean, I just timely like relationships and, you know, like, I mean, I've been married for 20 years, 19 when we taped it. And I have a lot of friends who are, you know, divorced. And I joke a lot about like the envy of it. But then I also see like the grass is not greener on the other side. And like I go into fantasies in my head where I, you know, imagine the worst case scenario of something my husband never even did and like accuse him of it. Like, so there's just like fun stuff like that. I talk about my kids, uh, you know, just self-deprecating stuff comparing to what it was like to be dating now versus like my time. And um, yeah, so it's just very, it's just like fun, relatable stuff, you know, and uh, really more straight. Like I do a lot of impressions of like housewives and stuff. That's yes. not in the special because I feel like that's a specific thing. Like I always remember like going and seeing standups and some standup would be doing like 15 minutes on Star Trek. And I'm like, shut up. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't watch Star <laughs> Trek. So like my standup never really was that this before the pandemic pandemic, I would do a bunch of like um, impressions at the end of the set. Just so, like, anybody else watching then got an hour of, like, completely relatable. And then I'd be like, okay, for the hardcore Juicy Scoopers that want to see, like, Ramona, this and that, then I would just do, like, bang, bang, bang. But mostly my stand-up is just, you know, anybody can relate to it type of funny, observational, and true storytelling. Yeah. Speaking of Ramona. Yes. (laughs) What a segue. Um Okay, so what are your thoughts on this season of The Real Housewives of New York? Like, who are you? whose team are you on? I mean, that's the way I watch it. I'm pretty sure that's the way every Bravo viewer watches it. Like, you have the people you love that are you and your friends and the right. people you fucking hate and they're your mortal enemies and you torture them on social media. So where are you standing? Here's the thing. 
I am a Ramona fan. I relate to Ramona. Um, if I was suddenly divorced or single or whatever, I would be acting just like Ramona. <laughs> I would be like, you know what? Where are all the hot guys? You know what? It's like I've been with these girls all day, and I really just wanted to meet some like hot guys on a yacht, you know? And it's like a really, it's a beautiful time in the Hamptons right now, and I have a lot of girlfriends. And you know what? Sonia, she's not my only friend, you know? It's like, okay, really like rude. Like, why did that come from? So I, I don't like that they were all so fucking bitchy about her party. It's like, don't oh, I... come then, sourpuss. Like, we've seen her have fabulous birthday parties that always it falls during the shooting schedule. Like, yeah. I feel like this year on New York, which, you know, New York and Beverly Hills have always been my favorite. So thank God. Like, the only good time in this pandemic is that we have two days to look forward to a week. But I feel <laughs> like, um, I feel like just like... There's a lot in that group of moments where they're just like fucking calling each other out a little too much and aren't really happy for each other having something other than the show. Like Dorinda just being like awful about Tinsley, awful about, you know, she's kind of awful to Ramona. You should share your party with Sonia. I think she was awful to Luann about her cabaret. But then I've interviewed, I interviewed Luann, I interviewed Elise. And um, and they're like defensive of of Dorinda's behavior. They're like she was going through a hard time. They they both hinted that there's more to the Tinsley thing. Okay, this is the yes. thing. So wait, because I'm watching this with Tinsley. Like like I would have chalked it up to like Tinsley's young and maybe like she feels like she has more time to live the life that Dorinda felt she lost. Yes. I mean, but like, then I also look at Leah, the newest castmate, she, for anyone who doesn't know, and if you don't know, why are you even listening to my podcast? Um, but with Leah, I feel like she, like she represents all the things that Tinsley represents and even more because she's like, even I think Tinsley's adorable, but like Leah's like a little bit cooler, a little bit more independent. But like, I used to think it was just like, I guess, just jealousy, but it cannot be that. Right? I think, okay, so what we had said on my show, and then um, so did Carol, which now I'm kind of putting the pieces together. I think something happened with Dorinda and John and Tinsley and Scott all went on a trip together when they weren't filming the show. Okay. To do something. I don't know if it was just fun or if it was partially like a commercial for the Coupon King or whatever he is. (laughs) And I think something went down there that irked Dorinda. And then I think when they came back and Tinsley, to protect her relationship, was kind of acting like she wasn't seeing him anymore, which I do kind of believe now she was. Like the people yeah, were saying, I, like, I you know, when she talked about the guy with three kids. Bruce. Like, yeah, they were like, that's just like a made up person, like to get off her yeah. back. And again, this season with both New York and Beverly Hills, it's like these women, it's their job and they're pissed that the girl in the in the cubicle next to them uh, has a, a can roll up at ten with a Starbucks, leave at four, and doesn't have to do like the side work or whatever. Right. Like they're pit. so it's like a lot of fact checking, and it's like why does why does Tinsley get to hide her relationship and save it when Dorinda put it out there with John, and now it hasn't worked out. And maybe with it not working out, she wants to maybe blame a little bit of the exposure of the show. I don't know. And I think then along with it, just kind of having a midlife crisis, the the big Berkshire's house, which I know people go, oh, more money, more problems. But like literally, I totally believe that shit. Like, I mean, during the pandemic, the first weekend, I cleaned out two drawers. 
That's been it. Like, I'm like, I... I can't imagine like having to deal with like a flood without my husband or who to call or like I get how that can be overwhelming and yes. which is why a lot of people go after a certain point let's sell the big house and be in like a penthouse with a doorman because it it does take a lot it is it is a lot of stress so I think it was all of that filming the show like being alone and then also being jealous like why I should still be married to a really rich guy. Yeah, but that, she respected. Yes, who would know how to, to yell at the contractor exactly. and get the right wood floors. And, and I could still have a martini, you know, at lunch. And then take my <laughs> nap, take my nap from four to six. I don't know why people don't focus more on the fact that she takes a full nap from four to six every single day. And she says, like, washes her face, gets in pajamas, full on nap. And I'm like, all that tells me is that, like, you boozed at lunch. You took that really good nap. You wake up at 6. You're out the door at a cute dinner by, like, 8.15. Heather, you start again. that was my life when I was married to husband and I was a rich bitch, a straight rich bitch. Oh, my God. I convinced our cleaning lady that we had twice a week was actually my babysitter, now in retrospect. Because I would go to lunch get wasted, come home, take a nap, because I had to go to dinner, and I was like, God forbid I'm Sonia Morgan at the dinner. I mean, Sonia is getting next-level wasted this season. Can we talk about that? Yes. She... I mean... I, like, I I actually don't know how production, like, doesn't force her to go home. It is so... It's, it's like, it is beyond slop. She's a slop kebab. Totally, but it's so entertaining. (laughs) No, it's like, sure, the show is not what it was 10 years ago where we were following society ladies. We were following women in their 50s that, you know, most of them have borderline alcohol issues, but who cares at this point? We're (laughs) thoroughly enjoying it. Like, nobody has a boyfriend or a husband. Not one of them, right? That's why that's why New York is, I think, one of the best and the most yeah, it's special. Fun. Because it is the only cast were like they don't like, and yeah, Dorinda was with the chubby baby, but like that wasn't a real relationship in my book. Like they barely spent time together. They, they, they I mean, I've I've heard rumors for days about him and just what is his it? flirtations. Oh, 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 he, he like, was right under her nose. He like what Ramona was saying about getting the numbers. I. We'll say I have also heard that rumor to be true. So, well, I'll tell you uh, kind of a funny story. So, when she did my podcast, she did my live show twice at City Winery, and she was great, you know, and so yeah, fun. She's great. And the first time, the first time she had to come and go to his birthday party. So then I joined her after with Tinsley, hung out with Tinsley at the birthday party after for John. Tinsley and I went to like the China Club or some nightclub. I was like 20 years older than anybody there. But I here I am with Tinsley, the it girl from 2002. Like it was really fun. And then the next year she came and he showed up like in the middle. And I dress up as Luann in, in that show. And I came out as Luann and sang as Luann. And then like was then was myself and then like brought out um, – brought out Dorinda. So I changed my clothes before the show to get into this like Luann jumpsuit thing. And so I like had my clothes like, you know, like different like underwear and stuff like in my green room bathroom. But they went into the green room after to hang out with me after. (laughs) And he did go, 
oh, he's like, I went up to Dorinda and I said, ooh, I saw your under things in the bathroom. And then she told me it wasn't hers. And I was like, why are you telling me this? Like, even if that happened, like, you just go, oh, okay. Like, but what, what guy would then tell me that? Like, it wasn't, I don't think he was like trying to get with me. I just think it was like, I think that was his MO. And it was like, I think there, and then becoming a public person, I think that sort of just started to like wear its welcome and kind of irk her. I think he like filled a void for a number of years and, and she, maybe even longer had she not been like famous. And now I I think she wants something more traditional again. Yeah. They didn't really make sense. I will tell you, though, he cleans a motherfucking dress like nobody's <laughs> business because I had to send a dress of mine there. It had white fucking paint from a goddamn Goyard bag my ex-husband bought me. So everyone's like, return it. I'm like, I can't. He bought it with his credit card. I'm going to call him five years later. Hey, the Goyard bag melted on my dress. And I said it to, what is it, Madame Tussauds? No, that's yes. the wax place. No, but it is Madame something. Yeah, <laughs> Madame Paulette, something like that. Yes, Paulette, and, Paulette. And... The dress was just perfection, and he fixed the bag. I mean, really, great no. business. And Gotta so when say. she's crying and she's Dorinda's like, I just hope that anybody would say the fact that I was at Dorinda Medley's table, my life is better. And I'm like, it is better because we know who Madame Paulette is. So don't worry, <laughs> exactly. Dorinda. Like, exactly. he, he was just fine being featured on this show. He loved it. Even when he Bethany did. was like, did a couple rails? Did a couple <laughs> rails there, John? Like, oh my God. Like accusing him of like doing cocaine, which, you know, I, who knows? But well, like, that's like right. some risky shit on a TV show. That's like, I mean, that's not, hey, smoking pot where it's legal in California. Like that, No, that was pretty bold. And I don't think Dorinda or he appreciated that appreciated aspect being on the TV. That. Yeah. No, no. I almost feel like in the world of housewives, cocaine has now become kind of like sneaky okay. So many yes. people have been accused of it and no one even bats an eye. I know. And I like, I mean, who cares really? But I mean, I think it is kind of, um, I mean, it made a huge comeback like 10 years ago. Yeah, and good for Coke. <laughs> good for Coke because it was like so 80s, you know, and then now it was like, oh, my God, you know, uh, So, yeah, I don't think anybody cares, but I do think more people do it than we know about. And I've always noticed with Coke that um, people that smoke pot or like edibles or whatever, especially because it's legal, but even before, they don't hide it. They have it out there. They offer it to you. You're like, oh, I'm not into it. They're like, all right. There's no shame in their game, right? Coke people are the sneakiest motherfuckers. (laughs) If If they know that you're not Coke friendly... They will hide that shit from you. You will, like, not be invited to the trip, not be invited to the dinner party. Totally. Not be invited to the bathroom. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't care. Like, I'm not a judgy bitch. Like, lay out a line. You do it. Yeah. It's it's the Coke crew. It's like a shameful thing that, like, you know, a pot person doesn't care. It's weird. And and maybe because it's illegal, maybe because it's more expensive. I don't know why. But I'm just saying, (laughs) if you ever see me... In a bathroom, and you're about to do a line of coke. I'm, I will cheer you on. I have no, I won't have any of it, but I will not judge you for it. I know, like, shouldn't yeah. they love us that we're not taking their supply? You're welcome. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I feel like everybody's like, inedible. I mean, I don't smoke weed, but like, sure, just like give it to me. I'll take it. And then they're like, ass out on the floor for the next right. 45 minutes asking you to call an ambulance. Um, okay. So out of all the Real Houses of New York, which one would you say, I'm not going to say favorite, but mm-hmm. who would you definitely be like IRL besties with? Oh, well, in real life, I am very close to Jill Zarin. I love Jill. And have been for more than, I don't know, 12 years. 10, 12 years, very close. Stayed at her house in the Hamptons twice. Stayed with her in, uh, in oh, twice? Yeah, stayed with her twice in, Boca Raton, in the Boca Raton area house. Um, so, like, no, like, we're just talked to her on the phone the other day. I love her daughter, Allie. Like, so in real life, her. Um, it, though, because we're real life friends, let me give you somebody else. I really like Luann. Um, she's been on my show a couple times. We've hung out in real life a couple times. I really like her. I think she's like, you know, I just think she's just really easy to talk to. And um, I've never really met Ramona, only briefly. So <laughs> definitely. And Dorinda, and Dorinda, I really have had some really great times with her. And then, I don't know, she kind of like cooled on me in the last couple of years. I kept sending her like... On her text messages, like, oh, my gosh, look at the little Barbie. Because I do those, like, Barbie reenactments on my Instagram. I'm like, do you like your Dorinda Barbie? And, like, I had, like, a perfect Dorinda outfit and stuff. (laughs) And I don't know. She, like, didn't respond. And I was like, I don't want to. But then I saw BravoCon and she was nice again. So I don't know. Like, and now I I kind of have been, like, giving her some shit this season and talking about the show. Because, like. Because as a viewer, it's just like not pleasant behavior to watch, you know? And it doesn't seem like, it's kind of shocking because I feel like Dorinda in past seasons has been pretty self-aware. But for whatever reason, this season, whatever she's going through, she's incapable of seeing any wrongdoing. And like, it's just, I mean, it's like she's... The behavior is like a, that of a child having a tantrum. It's it's really it's 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 wild. I have a friend that just started Real Housewives in New York, and she finally caught up. And she was like, "Honestly, Dorinda is my peak and my pit. Like she, yeah. like she's the best, but she's the worst." So, and what are you? What are yeah. your feelings? What's your temperature on the new newest crew member, Leah? Do you like her? I think she's great. I don't think she. I don't think it makes sense like casting someone thirty seven when the other girls have such a long history. I think Elise makes sense, um, I but I don't really think um, she makes sense. So she was kind of like a fun thing to watch. I just kind of feel like it's another show, sort of. Um, and also, it's like when people would say, you know, oh my god, like they were so awful about her tattoos and stuff. Dorinda and you know, um, not Dorinda, but yeah, all of them, all. You yeah, know, they, and I'm like, well, it's not why we love this show. If all of a sudden Ramona was like, so tell me, the, tell me the backstory behind the Asian writing on your inner thigh. Like <laughs> you would go as if like upper, you know, upper West Side Ramona is going to get. It's not going to. They're not tattoo culture. So it's like right. the fact that they were like kind of snobby and judgy about it just shows you that that's who they are and that's what's expected. Like they're there are women in their 50s that have that are not into tattoos so it's like it doesn't mean they can't be friends but i'm like that's i like the authenticity of of the women of new york all of them so yeah, i really do i think that there's something to be said too that they like none of them are really in a relationship i mean tinsley's I gone think it now. makes it fun like i mean i i wish like all the shows were like that honestly it, it would be, be mandatory. Kinda, well, also, it's like, I, also, then you don't jeopardize someone's, like, entire marriage, like a Denise and Aaron. Oh, like, if, if there was no Aaron, if there was no Aaron, this would still be juicy as fuck. But there wouldn't be, like, the, the heartbreaking casualty of, like, 
Denise's family having to go through something, you know, that's what I think is kind of, I mean, that's the way the show is and it, it hires the stakes and stuff. But like, yeah, people always ask me, would you be a housewife? I'm like, only if they were okay with me just, you know, Erica Janeing it. My husband can come and w- do one coffee scene and be out. And I can like go wear stuff, say one-liners, have fun, go on some trips, show up at every party, but like I I don't need people like, you know, writing about my husband and kids. Like I think that's that's the only way to do it. Otherwise it's just too like too hard. Speaking of Denise and yes. Brandy, I saw I'm not making this up, right? I saw that you had Brandy on Juicy Scoop recently. Did you? I had her on like in the summer. So after yeah. the supposed incident. Um, okay. And then I, yes, and I had a, and I've also had, a, no, Denise, yeah, Denise I've, I had on last year. And then I had Brandy on just this, like, when did I have her on? Maybe like a year ago, actually. Maybe a year ago I had her on. I can't remember. Pre-pandemic, but. Yes. And so, but it was post that time because she told me, oh, I had Denise on my podcast. I went up and, you know, we share the same like booking agent. They shared some type of same agent, which is I kind of wonder if when she goes, she really screwed me over. I wonder how did she screw you over? Because Mm. it's not like she ignored her at the Kyle party. She was really nice to Brandy. Brandy hit her ass. Also, like they seemed friendly. With her, with Aaron, she said that. So uh, that was the only thing because I've been watching. I mean, we've all been watching the story go on in the news Mm -hmm. way before Real Housewives Beverly Hills even came into season. So we've, I mean, I've been like salivating for this, right? Yeah. And then it's and 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 now we're finally here, and it's like I don't know who to believe. It really is. She said. She said. And Brandy's story. It sounds plausible. It doesn't sound made up. It sounds genuine. Okay, but even okay, but even if that happened, okay, even if what Brandy said happened, and they had a little rendezvous, and afterwards she said, "Listen, last night was crazy. We had too much Casamigos. Please (laughs) don't ever mention it to Aaron. He it would not go over well or whatever. He'll kill me. You know, she's obviously not going to kill her. But like, um, okay." Why, why, unless you're on a reality show, why right. would then you share that months later when you see her at the party, she's not ignoring you. She's not being she a bitch. She was being completely pleasant, happy to see her, you know, laughing. She didn't like avoid her. So, and then to like be shaking, like you were, you know, molested at 47 by Denise Richards, I was like, this is a bit much. Like, come on. So, I mean, the thing I've been saying this, like on my show, the only, we, the only, only us, only the two people that were in that bed know what happened. Right. You know, because it's two girls, it's not, it's just like when Bill Clinton said over and over, I didn't have sex with that woman. He stuck with that lie until they found his cum on a blue dress. And then he was like, oh, blowjobs count? I thought you were just talking about full blown <laughs> fucking. Okay. <laughs> Well, Denise couldn't get Brandy pregnant. There's not going to, unle- and unless there's some tax that says, hey, I really enjoyed finger fucking you last night, and I'm <laughs> glad I got to do your podcast, but can we keep it between us? Right. And even if that's the case, do you blame Brandy for when she's, conf- you know, confronted with it on camera during a reality show in front of seven women, completely blindsided? Do you blame her for at that moment? Being like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Right. I mean, my God, you're, you're, it's not like you went on trial. You had time to prepare with your attorney. You knew it was coming. And then you stood and put your hand on the Bible and lied about it. Right. You. I mean, it's like, and then once I think once she said that, then that was that's what you have to go with then. You can't then go a couple months later, okay, so what? So we fooled around. Who cares? Because now you've already said, no, it didn't happen. So I just felt bad for her. Line. I just felt bad for her. Like her face, it was so sad. Like she was all excited to go on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> walk into that fucking lion's head and then Erica Jane has got that fucking death veil over her head with like the weirdest <laughs> eye makeup and she's like really you said I was an ice queen I'll show you a fucking ice queen like well yeah like I mean it was just <laughs> and like of course they talked shit they both talked shit you're telling me when she said come on oh my god tell it Teddy's so boring if it wasn't for John Cougar Mellencamp like what if Denise said that so what you're telling me Brandon didn't chime in and say shit about Teddy too of course she did so here's the question yes so what was Brandy's motivation do you feel like she's trying to get back on the real house of Beverly Hills do you feel like that do you think I always blame everything on Kyle do you think Kyle brought her in do you think production reached out to her and okay so answer that question I I don't know it could be a couple things I mean, it could be, did some, this is what I always love about Housewives throughout the last maybe seven years of it. When the Housewives started giving other opportunities, uh, going to Mohegan Sun to do a Q&A, maybe a small sponsorship deal, they, we then we would watch that two women were coming to the season mad at each other. And they would act right. like it was because one was seated on the wrong side of the ballroom or whatever. Right. I was always like, there's more to this. Someone fucked over someone at Mahigan's son. You know, like, what is this? And so I wonder, was there some type of, like, little business something that through this mutual friend they know that Brandy feels she was slighted on? And because Brandy is desperate for money and opportunities that she got kind of pissed at Denise and the friendship then was hurt. And then she was like, oh, my God, can you see Brandy? Like, oh, my God, motherfucker, like. You know, we're even more than friends. Like, we've even, you know, fucked around. And you're going to screw me over? Like, but it just, the timeline of it all doesn't make sense. Because she shows up at the black and white party. Right. She gets really wasted. But still, Brandy is not blowing her off. Brandy's giving her attention, being nice. And yeah, then. They're, they're interacting. She's even, they're, yeah. she's flirting with the two of them. Yes, and having a story. And then this is where the controversy has become uh, with the internet detectives where they think that the scene was staged after Rome. The Brandy uh, Kyle scene happened no after Ram. way. No way. Yes. Th- that's what people think because it's like there's a photo of Denise Brandy. Denise wouldn't do that. And Brandy wouldn't do that. What Brandy wouldn't do what? Well, what, like how the, could they Okay, s- the, theory, the theory is, okay, the theory is the black and white party happened Somewhere a couple days later, they go to Rome. My theory is that definitely Brandy told Kim, okay? I think Kim, this is my theory, everybody. I think Kim shared it with Kyle. Of course you are, your sisters, right? Duh. I think Kyle shared it with Teddy. And then I think it was revealed in the limo for the first time when they got to Rome to Lisa Rinna. Right. And then once it was revealed at the table and Sutton was like, why would you say this? Why would you bring this up? And then Teddy's like, it's already out there. It's already on camera. I think she's referring to the car ride. 
And then I think Teddy and every and Kyle and everybody was like, "Look, Fuck. it has to come from the horse's mouth, Brandy, because now we're just talking, and technically we're talking about something that didn't happen on camera. Which I think the fans would be like, "Hey, if something didn't happen on camera, should we really even be privy to it?" And so then, uh-huh. then so did was that scene that may have been a real conversation, but the cameras weren't there. Did they kind of go, "Okay, we're gonna redo this scene," because the other thing was when they get there. Yeah. Um, someone pointed out there was a Christmas tree in Kyle's house. Oh, damn. Interesting. And also, like, but I, I don't, mean, no one's yeah. fucking buying that, like, Brandy and Kim are just going out to dinner, and you, she's just dropping off dresses, and everybody's, like, mic'd up and ready to go for this, like, impromptu conversation. Right. And then there's a, a photo of Brandy at her birthday dinner with Michael Broussard, who was my book agent, and they're still very close. And she looked like she's wearing the exact same thing, same ponytail. But the date that she posted the birthday dinner wouldn't match up with the date that would have happened on Kyle's. So did she do the exact same look a week later or previous or whatever? Or I don't know. I'm telling you, these internet these internet spies. I know. Cats. It's but crazy. But they're, they're all saying that's not. They've all heard the rumors. Like I just saw Teddy be asked about it like on an online interview and she said no that's not true so they're denying it so who knows um do you think that like the whole cast just was like on a mission to take down denise's season or was production yes i think for a couple reasons i think um i i um i remember when we found out um what was it eileen eileen davidson i remember when we found out that she made the most money and everyone's like, how did Eileen make the most? And it was because she's an established actress and she has a high quote. Uh-huh. And which means like once you have like a quote of what you'd make on a series, even though this is reality TV, they kind of are forced to match it or they did just choose to match it. Right. The traditional housewife, like a, a Sutton, someone that doesn't come from a TV background, you know, they don't make very much money to like year four. Right. So I think she walked in making a lot while, them off. while the other girls, including Lisa Renna and Kyle, who are like established and have careers in their own right, took a while to get there. So I think that pissed them off. And then you saw last night when they showed her, um, say, bravo, 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 and then they flash back to five weeks away, five weeks preview, which she stopped, told the production guy, no, you know, um, they, the them who's only done reality TV or very established in reality TV, that really pisses them off that she's calling the shots. And also I think it comes down to like they get annoyed when, I mean, the whole reason that Kyle was pissed at Dorit for doing glam before Teddy's event is because (laughs) Kyle had an earlier call time than her. And for people that don't know, a call time means like you're on a TV show and they're like, hey, Heather, your call time is 6 a.m. And Sarah, your, your call time is at 9 Oh my God, why am I at six? Because we're going to do that one little scene where you say hello at 6 a.m. <laughs> and you're like, motherfucker. And then you start right. to notice that every time, why? They, then you start to get in your head that the production is up Sarah's ass and they're giving her the easier call times. And I think, I think that's starting to happen. And I think Kyle was really tired. I don't think she liked her bangs. And I think that she. <laughs> Started to like get over it, like get a little burnt on the whole job, and then was started to become resentful. So she was resentful of Dorit coming late and glam, 
And then I think she was resentful of Denise because Denise has like three other acting jobs. Yeah. And um, she was she even gave Garcelle shit a few times. Well, you're never here. Oh, Garcelle's not here again because Garcelle has other acting jobs. And so it was like a lot of like, you know, I think a lot of like bitchiness and resentment came from that, which is why I love that they're breaking the fourth wall a little bit. And we're seeing some of it. Love. Um, I'm going to let you go. In just a bit, but I have yes. one more question. Yes. Um, I guess, I don't know if this is breaking the fourth wall, but it's breaking some sort of a rule. Um, when Elise from New York Housewives was on her cameo, and basically Leah turned the corner and said that Ramona can't get a man because she shits during sex. First of all, they have yet to film the Real Housewives of New York uh, reunion. So, you know Andy's going to be bringing that shit up. Oh, and you know that they just announced it's going to be in person. Which I'm I know, very excited about. So, yes. but what do you think about <laughs> that? I mean, you know, that's Leah. And I don't think she thought about the repercussions of, A, going on a cameo that's not even hers. Right. So I think she was probably just being, like, sassy. I think it's pretty shitty. No pun intended. <laughs> I think it's pretty awful. It's pretty awful. And then, the, and then you know, because there is a little bit of history of her, you know, talking about poo. One was the diary in Columbia, which everybody got. Then she couldn't flush oh, the toilet. Right. Then there was the, the rumor that she had shit her, the, Leah's sister said she had shit her pants at the restaurant in Newport. But, but I went and watched that and was like, there was, she just had like skinny pants on and like a, one of those blouses that's like kind of over the butt, but it's made yeah. to be over the butt and, and tucked in at the waist. So I'm like, well, it's not like she tied, like, like if, if all of a sudden we were watching it and she came back from the bathroom with like a, a you know, a sweater around her waist, I'd be like, ooh, that's evidence. Like, so I was kind of felt like kind of who knows came out of nowhere. But like, it, we, even with Vicky Gulveston, like, Vicky did actually like have a peeing issue. Remember, she like peed on Tamara's bed, and they showed yes. the drop. She <laughs> peed like when she saw Shannon in Mexico, like, and she just like laughed about it. And like that's such a common thing, like for women of a certain age, or even anyone that's given birth, you just sometimes like pee in your pants. Um, but the shitting is another level, and I no, think no shitting's not peeing. <laughs> I, I think it's pretty. It, it's it's not nice. It's not nice. It's so. not. Make yeah. it nice. It's not nice. Well, I'm sure Andy will bring it up. There's no way he's not going to. Oh, my God. Probably not. Yeah. I think he I will, too. I wait for, sure. for that. Heather, thank you so much for joining. You guys, um, don't forget, Heather's uh, special comes out. It's called Juicy Scoop. It's on Amazon Prime August 7th. You can rent it. You can purchase it. And if you actually are a Patreon member to Heather's podcast, Juicy Scoop, you get it for free 99 Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. I love talking Bravo with you. It's like a religion to you, and I really respect that. Thank you. Bye, girl. Bye, girl. You guys, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Until then, bye, girl. Bye. Bye. 